Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. Make sure you cover your mouth. Game over, man. It's game over. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am GamerDude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today, what I wanted to do was tell you my story about the pandemic. Longtime listeners know I usually tell stories about my childhood or young adulthood, things that have happened throughout my life. This pandemic thing has obviously happened in my life, but it's really more current than I usually talk about. But I wanted to talk about it today, not from a political standpoint, not from a medical standpoint, but from the standpoint of just an ordinary person having to go through this. In previous episodes, I've talked about keeping a journal. The podcast has basically become my verbal journal. And so I wanted to document what has happened over the past couple of years so that whoever listens to this down the road, including me, will remember and maybe understand what the last two years have been like. I am recording this in February 2022. It's approximately two years since COVID-19, the cause of the pandemic, became a thing. And it really did change the way the world operates. It changed the way businesses operated. It changed the way people operated and worked and lived. And I know we've all gone through that. But sometimes what gets lost is the individual stories of each person, the individual feelings of each person, the individual experiences of each person. And I know everybody's had different experiences, but there is a similarity too. And so I thought by sharing my stories today about the past couple of years, it might help you remember that we are all in this together and have been. Now, I'm not going to talk about the politics. I'm not going to talk about the medicine. I still don't understand how it became so politicized. I still don't understand why it became such a focal point of so much anger by so many people. I don't get that. I'm only going to say a couple of things about that today. The first is, the past two years have revealed there are a lot of dumb people out there. But that shouldn't come as a surprise, given what we've seen over the past few years, even before the pandemic. The other thing that I wanted to say about the politics and the medicine is, I think we're going to have to retire the phrase, avoid that like the plague, because the past two years have shown us how few people actually do avoid a plague. Not only do they not avoid it, many seem to run towards it. But that's fodder for a whole other episode. The point of today's episode is to just kind of remember what we've been through for the past two years. Now, I know a lot of you are probably just sick and tired about hearing about the pandemic. And really, so am I. But two years ago, I never thought we'd still be talking about it. In my life, I've been through a lot of these potentially catastrophic flu-type things. The bird flu, for instance. SARS-19. There was always warnings over the years, this is the big one. This could wipe out humanity. And so when I first heard about this back in early 2020, I thought this would be probably along the same lines. Now, I'd read in the history books about the Spanish flu of 1918. That's the big pandemic that everybody's compared this one to. And that one was huge. That one was a real pandemic. That wiped out hundreds of thousands of people. And they had mask problems and vaccination problems and all kinds of different political problems with that one, too. I used to chalk that up to people being ignorant back then, and they were. It's just that they still are. But I said we're not going to talk about that, so let's move on. But when I first read about COVID-19 in early 2020, I didn't give it a whole lot of thought. I mean, I was aware of it. I'm always aware of this stuff. I keep up on the news. I keep up on information that's coming down every day. I like to be informed. Now, I don't remember when I first read about COVID-19. It was early 2020. I remember that. 
And I remember the initial warnings being it was potentially severe. It was potentially something to be aware of. It was potentially something to take precautions against. But the early, early news reports didn't make it seem as bad as it turned out. But I would check the news every day. I would check my Twitter feed. I would check the various news sources that I go to. And I don't just read U.S. sources. I read Reuters. I read the BBC. I read Al Jazeera. You never know where you're going to get your next piece of information. So I try to read as much as I can. So I have a full, well-rounded picture of what's going on in the world. As an aside, it's also kind of cool to see international views of what's going on in the U.S. Because you actually get a more well-rounded view. But that's a separate issue. But I was getting my information from all these sources. And then I started reading what the doctors were saying. And not just the U.S. doctors, the international doctors, the international scientists. I was trying to keep up on this because as I was reading about it every day, it seemed to be getting more significant. And I started getting a little bit of a worry going. Now, I remember one of the first things that I noticed was people were advocating for the use of masks because this virus was transmitted through sneezing, through coughing, through touching your lips, your face, from not washing your hands. And so one of the first things that I remember doing was looking into face masks. And I guess the first warning sign that I got in the U.S. about how significant this risk was was when I went on Amazon and I was looking for just standard face masks. I remember over the years traveling on airplanes and going through airports, a lot of international travelers, they would be wearing face masks. This was long before the pandemic. I mean, we're going back to the early 2000s. People would travel with face masks, whether they were on planes or on buses or whatever, because it made sense. I mean, even without a pandemic, when I was a little kid, my mom always told me, make sure you cover your mouth when you cough. Make sure you cover your mouth when you sneeze. I mean, it was drilled into me from an early age, don't be a germinator. Don't be spreading germs. Don't be sneezing all over everybody. Don't be coughing all over everybody. Cover your mouth. I mean, to me, that was just basic manners. And when I saw international travelers before the pandemic wearing masks while they were traveling, it actually made a kind of sense to me. I mean, I didn't worry about it years ago because I covered my mouth when I sneezed. I figured that was enough. But the covering your mouth thing became very, very real in early 2020. And so I started looking for these masks because I figured, you know, it would be nice to have some. Mrs. Gamerdude and I were planning a trip. I've talked about this on the stream. We were going to Talladega. We were going to meet her brother in Alabama to go to a NASCAR race. It was going to be a family get-together. Mrs. Gamerdude is now a big NASCAR fan. I'm a big NASCAR tolerator, I guess. She loves it, so I support her. Plus, it was a cool opportunity to go to a place we'd never been before. I'd always heard of Talladega. She wanted to go to Talladega. Her brother wanted to meet us there. It seemed like a great vacation. So the Talladega race was in early April, and in early February, we were making our plans to book a trip. But in conjunction with booking that trip, I was aware of this COVID thing floating around out there. And so one of the things that I looked into was masks, because I figured if we're on a plane, we'd want a mask, just to be safe. Well, when I went on Amazon to look for the masks, and these weren't even the N95s or the medical grade masks, these were just masks, the standard ones you'd see people wear so that their mouth and nose would always be covered when they were traveling. But in early February 2020, the masks were sold out. And I noticed that, but I didn't worry about it too much. But it was something that I became aware of. I realized that people were buying up the masks. So I looked at other options because I wanted us to have something for this trip. And honestly, I wanted us to have something for even walking around in case it became something that was even more severe. 
So I couldn't find any of the traditional masks that you saw on the travelers at the time. But I remembered balaclavas, which are basically the gaiters. You've seen those. You pull the whole thing over your head. You fold it up and pull it over your nose. You see the heroes wear them in action movies set in the desert. It's basically a stretchy collar you pull over your head and then you pull up over your face. And if you double fold it, you get a double fold of cloth over your nose and mouth. And at the time, early 2020... The initial reactions from all of the scientists and all of the doctors were, if you're going to wear a mask, at least wear something that covers your nose and mouth. They didn't know how transmissible this was early on, but they were advocating use of masks. So I was fine with that. So what I did, I found a bunch of balaclavas that were not too expensive, obviously not medical grade, but it was something to cover your mouth and your nose. So I bought a few of them, a couple for me, a couple for Mrs. Gamer Dude, a couple for my in-laws. I just wanted to make sure that people had masks. Within a couple of weeks after I bought them, the balaclavas were selling out. So I was glad that I got the ones that I did. I also noticed in early to mid-February, one of the judges that I appeared in front of regularly was taking precautions in her chambers. As I've mentioned, I was a practicing attorney until this year I retired. But when I was going to court, what would happen is you would go to court and you would have meetings in the judge's chambers. In the judge's chambers, there would be the judge's desk and then a long table where the attorneys would sit and meet and discuss the cases. I'll go into detail about what that was all about in another episode. But for purposes of today, just imagine a bunch of people meeting in a small room with a lot of foot traffic all day long. You could get 20, 30, 40 people in and out of an office during the day. And you didn't know where those people had been or who they'd been with or where they'd traveled to. But you had a lot of people in and out. So this judge had bought all kinds of hand sanitizer, had bought Clorox wipes for the table, and she was very aware of what was going on with this pandemic thing that we were all just reading about. But not everybody knew. Not everybody was paying attention. That's one of the downsides. Not everybody paid attention. But she did. I did. I was aware. So one of the things that we started doing at the end of every conference was basically wipe down the tabletops and hand sanitize. Now, I always carried hand sanitizer in my bag anyway. I'm just a freak about that by nature. But I had my hand sanitizer, the judge had her hand sanitizer, and we used it liberally late February 2020. Then the news story started getting more severe late February, early March. Countries were locking down. Thousands of people were getting sick. I remember reading about Italy being one of the early countries going into early lockdown because the disease was so devastating. And I also remember at one of the other courts that I used to appear at, an attorney showing up there with cold symptoms and going to court and germinating all over the place, just like my mom said not to do. When I was a kid, my mom didn't like us going out if we had flu symptoms, if we had cough symptoms. She was aware of that. And if I was ever sick, I mean, I would go to work sick, but I always took precautions, always took preventatives, always took cold medicine, always covered my mouth, tried not to be germinating all over the place. I know I say germinating that way. I use that jokingly. I know germinating is about flowers. But when I was a kid, anytime you were coughing and not covering your mouth, we called it you're germinating everywhere. So I still think of it that way. And I don't like to germinate everywhere. But in late February, early March 2020, one of these attorneys who traveled internationally and had been to Italy came back germinating all over one of the courtrooms. And that caused a stir. And the fact that that caused a stir, combined with everything that I'd been reading, really perked me up. That's the first inclination that I realized that this COVID-19 thing, it was something far more severe than anything we'd faced before. And by this time, I was reading all the stories about what was going on in China, what was going on in Europe. And I was getting my information, again, from various news sources that I had considered reputable. I knew I couldn't count on the government back then. Early 2020 was not a time you could rely on the government for any reliable information. 
I was getting my information from other sources, and the information I was getting really concerned me. Now, we had already booked our trip to Talladega. We did that in early February, but by early March, we were worried. Every single day, the news seemed to get more dire. More lockdowns were happening. The transmission of this disease seemed almost unstoppable if you weren't taking some kind of measures. And people were dying. People were dying in unheard of numbers. And that was a really scary feeling. We'd never faced anything like this before. It had been previously mentioned, as I said, the bird flu, SARS-19, all of the various flus that have come up over the years. There was talk about those being really, really bad. This one was really, really bad. So based on what I was reading, based on what I was hearing, I started taking measures at the house to make sure we were okay. I was reading about lockdowns. I was reading about shortages. Now, we didn't go crazy and buy a pallet of toilet paper or a pallet of rice, but I did buy enough to have some backup supplies because I saw what was going on in the world. We got extra toilet paper. We got extra rice. We got extra pasta. All kind of canned things, soups, vegetables, sauces. I put in stocks of these, just in case. I wasn't sure at the time that we were ever going to lock down in the U.S., but I knew other countries had locked down, and I was concerned about it. I didn't go insane. I mean, there were people who were stockpiling toilet paper and stockpiling hand sanitizer, and then trying to sell it on eBay. You know, that's the dark side of human nature. There's always somebody trying to profit off of tragedy, and there were people out there trying to profit off of tragedy. They were buying $1 hand sanitizers and selling them for $10 on eBay. Stupid stuff like that. I mean, I was always brought up to help each other in a time of tragedy. If people were in trouble, you work together to get people out of trouble. But what became clear is that's not always the way people act. Most people seem to, but not everybody. So anyway, we're up to about mid-March in 2020. I had laid in a stockpile of things like toilet paper, hand sanitizer, rice, all of the staples that'll stay on the shelves for a while. And in March 2020, in New Jersey, they closed all of the offices of everything. State offices, businesses, restaurants, everybody closed. You couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't do anything. Now, that didn't stop everything. It didn't stop every business. People still needed health care, especially the way the virus was. People were getting sick and going to the hospital every single day. There was no vaccine in early 2020. There was no way to combat this except to avoid it. That's why the lockdown occurred. The plan was to make sure that people didn't spread the disease any further, which, if everybody abides by the rules of a lockdown, makes sense. And you know, if you look internationally, different countries had varying degrees of success with this method. The U.S. was not one of them because of the nature of the people here. Not all of them, but again, we're not going into the politics. We're just going into what happened. I was reading about what this disease was about. I was reading about the effects. I was reading about the dangers. I was reading about how many body parts this would attack. Everything from the heart to the lungs, all the way up to the brain. And everybody reacted differently. There was no one way this disease attacked. It depended on the person. It depended on their medical condition. It depended on their age. There was just no way to know how it was going to affect you if you got it. So the rule of thumb was, don't get it. That's why the lockdown. It's funny, I remember the last place we went out to eat before everything locked down. Our Friday night tradition was every Friday night to celebrate the weekend, we would go out to dinner. There was an Applebee's about five minutes away from us. It has closed because of the pandemic. But before the lockdown in March of 2020, we went out on a Friday night to this Applebee's. And I remember saying as we walked in, let's all enjoy this because this may be the last time we go out to eat for a long time. And it was. The lockdown came the following week. All the restaurants closed. I mean, literally closed. They just didn't operate. 
Anything that was a non-essential business, including restaurants, they shut down. And we were supposed to stay home. We weren't supposed to go out. If we had to go out to get food, we could. But all of the stores changed the way they operated. They changed their hours. Our local supermarket had special aisles designated in the checkout lines for the senior citizens so they could keep their distance both from each other and the general population in the store. They made all of the aisles in the supermarket one way. You could go up aisle one and then down aisle two and then up aisle three and so on all the way throughout the store. You weren't supposed to have people going in both directions in the aisle because that puts you too close to each other. They had limited hours of operation. You had to have a mask when you went in. And early on, pretty much everybody agreed with that, at least in New Jersey. I was reading about it in other states, and I just couldn't understand why people just didn't go along. It just seemed to make sense to me. Based on everything I'd read, based on everything I'd seen, based on everything I'd heard, it all made sense to me. There's this really bad disease that's spreading out there. Let's nip it in the bud. And I was all on board with that. Now, of course, we still had to work. But thankfully, the company I was working for, we were able to shift on the fly to a remote working environment. Didn't have to go to the office. And once the state had it figured out, we didn't have to go to court. We could do courts remotely. We would do everything by phone or by video call. Now, you have to remember, in early 2020, video calls were not the norm. It was not a thing that was in regular use, either overall in businesses. I know some businesses did use them, but most did not. And they were rarely used for court. But because of the pandemic, Zoom became a big thing. Microsoft Teams became a big thing. Various other providers created ways to do video calls. Skype became way more popular and way more useful because you could do business, you could do court, you could do pretty much anything by video once everybody was on the same page. Now that transition for work took probably three or four months to really get into a groove where everybody could use it. And during that three or four month transition period, we kind of made it up as we went along. But the way we worked changed. It had to. If you couldn't leave your house, but you still had to get your job done and you still wanted to get paid, you had to find a way to do it. But my company and most companies did. It was a little bit of a painful transition for some. Not everybody is technically adept. But if you wanted to stay in business, you had to become that way. You had to adapt. And one of the things that was revealed was that a lot of business didn't have to run the way it traditionally ran. That's actually a good thing that came out of the pandemic, at least as far as employees are concerned. Now, I'm not talking about stores. I'm not talking about businesses like Amazon. I'm not talking about businesses where you manufacture things. Obviously, you have to go to the factory to make things. You have to go to the store to stock shelves. You have to go to the business to pack up things to ship them out if people are ordering online. But other businesses... It became pretty apparent you didn't have to do things in person. Doing things virtually, whether it was a meeting, a conference call, doing things virtually all of a sudden made a lot more sense and was much easier to do. Even things like commuting to work was less necessary because of the pandemic. Now, there's a downside with that, too. One of the things that I discovered, at least for me personally, was that while the commute can be grueling, I mean, some of my commutes were over an hour. I had a couple of commutes that were close to two hours, depending on where I had to go. But you could use those commutes, you could use that time to either gear up for what you were going to do, or if you were on your way home, decompress. You would have that hour, or hour and a half, or two hours to digest what you'd just done, to clear your head a little, and to settle in for what had to be done for the rest of the day after you were done in court. Or after you were done at the office, after you were done at your sales call. Whatever it was, you could use that commute time to decompress. When you're working remotely, you don't have that. 
Yeah, you don't have to get in your car at 8 o'clock to get to your destination by 8.45. You can just turn on your computer at 8.45 and be ready to go. But at the end of your day, whether your day is over at 2 or 3 or 5 or 6 or 7, you don't get that decompressed time. And in fact, because your computer is always on, you're getting emails all day long. You get emails at 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night. When does it stop? You turn on your computer the next day. All of the emails that accumulated the night before, they're there and are going to be buried under all of the emails you're going to get today. There's no stopping point because nobody is commuting anymore. Everybody's working virtually and they work whenever they feel like it, basically. So that's a whole different kind of pressure from that kind of work environment. So that's the kind of world that evolved as a result of the pandemic and as a result of the lockdown. That's your work world. Your outside of work world also changed. You couldn't go out to a restaurant anymore. Restaurants were closed, at least in New Jersey, for literally months. And then even then, a lot of people, me included, didn't want to be in a restaurant with other people who might be coughing or sneezing or carrying the virus. That last time we went out to Applebee's before the lockdown, that's still the last time. We're almost two years later, we still haven't gone out to eat at a restaurant. Why? Well, both Mrs. Gamerdude and I are acutely aware of the virus and of how other people can't be trusted. That's something else that came through. You don't know who's been vaccinated. You don't know who's been positive. You don't know who might be carrying. And we're just not willing to take that chance. We go order takeout. We go pick food up. But we bring it home. That trip to Talladega that I told you about that we booked, we had to cancel it. The lockdown happened. Our trip was for early April. So two weeks after the lockdown, we called up the hotel where we had reservations. They credited our account. They said, no, no, you don't have to come. We're closed. We canceled the rent a car. The airline gave us a credit for the airfare. They wouldn't give us a refund. We still have a credit, but I'm not sure we're ever going to be able to use it. But we had to cancel the trip because the race was canceled. The hotel was closed. The airlines weren't flying. And for the same reasons we don't go to the restaurants, we're not sure when we're going to fly again. I know people are, and I know we're overly cautious, but you know what? I'd rather be overly cautious and alive than the alternative. And we've made adjustments. We can live this way, at least for a while. We have taken some trips. We've taken day trips. We've gone away for the weekend. We haven't gone to a hotel, but we found a VRBO, stayed there for a weekend, brought our hand sanitizer, ordered all of our food takeout. But COVID has changed the way we live. And it's a long-term change, which is why I wanted to do this episode. Our lives have changed and will stay in this changed condition for the foreseeable future. Back in early 2020, I didn't think it was going to be this way. I thought we'd get through it. We'd have six weeks, maybe eight weeks of difficulty, and then we'd get back to normal. Well, that hasn't been the case. Everybody's talking about the new normal. I hate that phrase. I also hate the new normal, but it's what we're stuck with. I still believe that things will get close to the way they used to be, but I don't have any realistic idea of when that might be. I don't think it had to be this way. It just turns out that it went this way, and so now we're stuck living with it. But what I wanted to do today was document how all this started, at least from my perspective, mostly so that I wouldn't forget there was a normal that existed before this and that we lost. That, I think, is the thing that I really resent the most about the way this thing went, about the way the virus was handled, about the way the world looked at things. It didn't have to be this way, and we lost a way of life that we didn't have to lose. But here we are. (music) 
As I said at the outset, I really wanted to do this episode to document what happened in early 2020. It really marked a change in the way we live. It really marked a change in our lifestyles. As I also said at the beginning, I did try to keep the political commentary out of this, but I can't help believing that if so many people weren't so selfish, forget ignorant, forget dumb, forget ill-informed, if so many people weren't so selfish, it wouldn't have been this way. It's been a learning experience for the past two years, and I expect the next couple of years are also going to be part of that learning experience. But we'll adapt. We always adapt. We'll get through it. I'm not sure how the world will look in two years, but it's definitely going to be different. I would have never expected two years ago that the world would look the way that it does today, so I certainly have no idea what it's going to look like two years from now. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. As always, I can't thank you enough for your support, and I really do appreciate all of the time that you spend listening to these episodes. You guys take care of yourselves, and until next time, I'll see you when I see you.